Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Stars daily sports podcast. It's Thursday, June 10th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Star beat writer Sean Goodwin and Sports Radio 810's Allie Trost are here today to talk soccer on the local and national fronts. We look ahead to Sporting Kansas City's match Saturday against Austin FC and wonder how close KC NWSL is to getting its first victory. After a break, we speak to the importance of the U.S. national team victory over Mexico in the Tournament of Nations League Final on Sunday. We had a lot of ground to cover, so let's get started with Allie and Sean. We've got Allie and Sean. Allie is back after a week off. How you doing, Allie? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Doing great. And Sean is back with us as always. He's the Iron Man of this podcast. What's up, Sean? Great. I'm just watching Gazi Kinder versus Portugal. Uh, he starts for Israel today, so uh, good day for him. So he's not had too much action yet, but it's fun to watch. He already has a goal for Israel, doesn't he? He uh, did. He scores in the last game. It was a nice goal too. That's amazing. We'll talk some. Uh, we'll talk some national team soccer in a little while. But I wanted to start local today. We've got Sporting Kansas City playing on Saturday against an opponent that they have faced this year, and. It occurs to me that their season was not very well defined the first time Sporting played Austin FC, but it got defined in the last 10 minutes of that game and uh, and what's happened since then. It's just been quite a role for for Sporting. Sean, do you see it that way as well? It's just the you know down one zip with in, yeah. into the 80th minute and then they, they turn around, win it, and they've played really, really well since then. I think it was, I don't think it was redefining moments, I guess, but it's definitely one of those in that at the end of the day, they win that game 2-1 and then go and lose to Houston 1-0 the following game. So it wasn't like the end or be all this is the start of, you know, the start of this run we're currently on now. But I do see it as though is, of course, you know, the game Sporting did have a little bit of an iffy start to the season uh, after winning the first game, you know, they tied Orlando, uh, he lost to Houston. Um, oh no, who was who was before that game? Um, Beat the Red Bulls, tied Orlando. Real Salt Lake. That's it. I lost to Real Salt Lake. That's the one. There, right. So you know, if he starts and then the one nil down, uh, I mean, yeah, you know, if, if Sporting loses that game at home to, I mean, I'll say an expansion team. I mean, you know, Austin has proved to be a decent team, but nonetheless, you know. It, it would have been a not too good start of the season, and obviously, oh, yeah, Houston game afterwards happens where they lose as well. And you have to be wondering if that could just be a, a snowball effect. You know, if, if Sporting lose that game, where morale goes down, and it, it's a good team, they would have bounced back at some point. But it's always easier to be ahead of the pack and chasing a pack race. And if they lose that game, it's just it very well could have been a snowball effect to other bad results. So to get that late winner, um, it was a big moment. I think the second half of the Houston game was probably, despite the loss, the 45-minute stretch where Sporting actually started to play their best football. Yeah, look, uh, there was the the uh, the Matt Beasler return, right? There was that storyline. Um, Austin's an expansion team. Uh, so the, you, know, you kind of get a first look at this club. But since then, like we said, Sporting has played so well. Austin, not so well since then. 
And um, I don't believe they've won, Allie, have they? Have they won since then? Uh, no, they, well, they did draw Seattle 0-0, but they did Good go on. They went on to lose two games after the loss at Sporting, and they haven't scored a goal since, which I think is maybe the, the biggest thing there is that they're not scoring, or, and they haven't. And, and, you know, sometimes those ruts are hard to get out of. And, Sean, like you were saying, with, you know, Sporting having that that big win over Austin and, you know, some of the results that they've had as of late, winning helps a lot of things, right? That's true for just about any sport. When you're winning, it, it makes the, um, just like the things that aren't working seem a lot smaller and easy to fix. And the things that are working seem a lot more consistent and, and easy to kind of keep up. So I think that Sporting Kansas City is absolutely playing their best soccer right now. They've had this, this bit of a time off, but on one hand, that's maybe allowed some of the players who were dealing with knocks and, and not 90 minutes fit allowed them to get closer to that. But on the other hand, does that get in the way of momentum at all? So we'll find out on Saturday. It'll be a kind of unusual kickoff time with 2 p.m. on a Saturday. We don't Grace. typically have that. Grace. I love it. But um, but yeah, I'm sure the reporters will be happy about that one. Free up your Saturday night a little bit. But no, I, I think it'll be, I think it's a game that given how sporting's been playing, if they can play like we've seen them play um, in some of their recent wins, then they have, they can beat anybody. That's just a matter of fact. I mean, they've got the talent and when they're firing on all cylinders, they are one of the most competitive teams in the league. That's, you know, eyeing that first place in the Western conference spot and the supporter shield. Here's my thing with Austin as well. In that case, you know, they go on the road to soccer season to LAFC and lose, which is tough to win for anyone there. Right. And again, they start off strong, beat Colorado, beat Minnesota. And come across Sports and KC. But I think what you have to factor in with this Austin team as well is, do you guys know how many home games they've played right now? Big fact zero. Big fact zero. I, did, I didn't know um, that until I read it in your story, uh, Sean. They they're, So their stadium is still under construction. Um, their first home game is actually after the Sporting game. They play San Jose on June 19th. Um, but yeah, so it's being under construction. So Sporting has got a last road game. Um, and I mean, you know, it's to be said in any sports, especially a sports where you play outdoors in your heat for 90 minutes, adding to the fact that you're traveling and staying in hotels and airplane rides, and you don't have much time to, you know, get back to your home base and chill. And I'm sure that's been a huge thing for this Austin team and that. I think a sporting loss or you know, sporting win for this podcast um, was a tough one for them. It, it almost, you know, it popped the bubble, I guess. And uh, that's got to be a deflating loss and then just the travelling everything. It's going to wear a team down. Uh, I do think now with the bye week, you know, they've had a little bit of time to go home, to rest up, to actually train in their facility for an elongated period of time. Uh, so, this Austin team isn't a team, not expansion team or not, it's not a team that should be and will be 11th place in the Western Conference. Once they actually start having home games in front of their home fans, they'll have a stretch to just stay down in Texas. And so, yeah, I, I think with players rested up uh, by week, uh, you know, maybe Sporting has lost a little bit of momentum. 
I don't think sports and fans should come into this game and be like, ah, Austin's lost every game since, we're in 11th place, we're in second, they'll be fine. Because there's a lot of other factors that have gone into Austin being as low as they are after such a hot start where clearly when they weren't as worn down and weren't as tired, they're obviously a very good team. One other thing, though, about their hot start, and that is that the two teams that they beat in those opening games that got them on the map in the first three weeks of the season were Minnesota United, who opened the season with probably the worst and most unexpected start in MLS, and then the Colorado Rapids, who opened the season with a draw, nil-nil against FC Dallas, and then a loss to Austin FC, and then went on to win like their next three. So they faced two teams that weren't necessarily um, maybe at their their best. So, you know, it's just it, at this point in the season, things are still um, pretty fluid. I think, you know, you're starting to see um, the identities take shape and who teams really are, who's who's for real, who's not. Um, that's going to, you know, be answered here in the coming weeks. But it, that's what's, you know, Austin's hot start was more so, a, I think, a result of just other teams, um, you know, kind of working through different things. Minnesota United, still not really sure what was going on there. But it caught, it caught him at the right time, it sounds like. Um, well, I, I usually like to save uh, you know career news to the end, till the end of the show, but it's, this seems like an appropriate time to bring up the fact that Ali, um, both of you guys will be attending the game professionally as you do all games. Uh, but Ali, you'll have a new role. She's uh, left me. She's left me in the press box. I am saying so long to the press box, and I will be pitch side as Sporting's new sideline reporter. So I'm thrilled about the opportunity. That is fantastic. Um, that, that's great. So Carter Augustine had held that position. Uh, you, he, he is, he's, he's not in it now. Um, Carter's off to other professional opportunities. Uh, Allie, we're, we're all really, really thrilled for you. That's going to be great. I, listen, I imagine this is something that you've thought about or, and maybe had as a career goal for, for yourself. Pretty much since I moved to Kansas City, sporting was the first team that I started covering when I was pursuing sports broadcasting totally on the side, worked full time and just a, you know, corporate job and wanted to break into the sports world and did that by covering sporting and and doing that work um, early on with the Blue Testament, got my own camera equipment, went out and was fortunate enough to somehow be given the chance to go down and interview Vermees after games on the field. That wasn't something that lasted that long just from a logistics standpoint, but that for pretty much the entire 2018 season. And that really, I think, kind of just propelled my, you know, my drive to, to really get into the industry and then also to eventually, you know, work in a position on more of a full-time-ish or, you know, just contract season basis like I'm getting to now. So this is definitely a dream come true. And I am so excited to work with Nate and Jacob Peterson and the entire broadcast crew. They're all fantastic. And, you know, I got to give Peter Vermees a lot of credit. He, you know, always treated me with so much respect and treated me like I belonged down there, even when I was just, you know, recording and going to edit an iMovie after with my own mic flag that I made out of like scotch tape. So he, uh, he definitely helped, I think, you know, make me feel like it's something that I could, could do. And I am just thrilled to, to have the opportunity and look forward to growing as a broadcaster in this new role and covering the team and the sport that I love and the city that I love. So it's, it's really, it doesn't get much better than that. 
No, it's great to hear. And, and what a different perspective you'll get on the games from the sideline view yeah. rather than the press box. I do love with the press box. I do. I like to see plays develop and everything, but uh, you'll, you'll, you'll feel the game on the sideline, which is going to be really cool. Good for you. Okay. Hey, before we take a break, let's quickly cover uh, KCNWSL, the fighting Wosos um, coming off a one nil loss. Been tough for, for the expansion team, Sean, uh, what, um, what can we say about this team? I, I thought Hugh Williams, maybe for the first time was uh, in a post-game press conference was, you know, you could, you could sense the frustration a little bit. I think I heard him say disappointed about three times in yeah. one, uh, one paragraph um, and said something about, um, you know, you got to find ways to win and not lose games. Uh, what, what have you? What would you make of the outcome, and 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 then what Coach Williams said? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm sure Hugh wasn't appreciate me saying this as much. Uh, you know, he, he's always positive. He's always you know, you know, look, looking for the best in things. But you know, he puts the most pressure on himself, and you know, you, you can say you can tell that yeah, it's you know, you're just deep in the season now, including that. Um, Challenge Cup and still doesn't have a win. It's got to be frustrating. It's got to be a little bit disheartening. And you know, he he's, he continues to say like again, best for every single game, and things are looking good. And I I do think that these last two games, you know, we talked about the Orlando one last week, um, with the given goal that probably wasn't so much a goal. And then you look at what happened against this past game um, against Houston. They have a well, it appears to be a good goal. It was given offside. Uh, you know, it's tough from my angle. I've heard from fans who has a better view that it looked like she was. If it was um, who who scored the goal now, Ali? Um, oh, it was um, Lara Cass. Yeah, uh, yeah, Lara Cass. You know, maybe fractionally offside. But it was one of those very split second decisions that's taken away. And I mean, you continue to create good chances. Uh, and then go give up a late goal, which seems to kind of be a theme as well, and lose one nil. It's another loss, and it's another missed opportunity. So it, it is a mix of they do need to be scoring the chances when you take them. Um, I was at the filling station yesterday and got a nice call from Ali, wanting to chat about it for fifteen minutes or so. Um, and like, yeah, it's you know, they certainly look better than they did eight games ago. Uh, but they just need to be a, a little bit more, a little bit more deadly when they have the chances, and honestly, just be a little bit less predictable. Mix things up a little bit. And that's something me and Ali talked about yesterday. And that pretty football, possession football, it's nice and obviously has its place in a game. But sometimes, if you have a quick ball over the top, if you want to catch a defence by surprise, just take it. Uh, that's when we've seen Kansas City, honestly, most. Uh, most aggressive, I guess, and most dangerous. It's those late game moments when they're already down and they're sending deep balls into your box. Uh, you've got a couple of goals that way and, you know, do that in the 30th minute, in the 40th minute every so often. Catch the defence by surprise, you never know. It's just, uh, it's a little bit too predictable right now, in my opinion. Yeah, Sean, I, uh, you know, I, I think what's tough is that when you look at the last two games, Orlando, Still, I believe at, at this point, the first team um, in the standings currently, they're sitting in first place. Um, Houston jumped up quite a bit with that win over Kansas City. They won 
the 2020 Challenge Cup last year. They've got a stacked roster. So definitely one of the better teams in the league, even if they're not up there right now as far as standings are concerned. But, you know, Kansas City hung with both of those teams all game long. And the score lines will show it. But if you want to win games, you have to score goals. You can't go out every game and fight for, you know, it's it should be a goal, you know, of, of every team to go out and try not to concede. That is, you know, defensively, you know, what teams aim to do, but you also have to score to, to get those three points. And in Kansas City, it's just, it's not coming together there right now. They are creating more chances. And I think seeing that progress each game with more chances being created, that will eventually lead to goals. But, you know, when you get done with each game and you look at the number of chances created, there's got to be one or two that that you're able to, to put away. And, and it was very unfortunate, too, in those last two games against quality opponents that Kansas City did hang with for, you know, all 90 minutes, pretty much. It, it's unfortunate that, you know, they kind of got... I, I hate saying they got screwed by the ref because that just implies that it was, like, 100% wrong. I feel like it's, you know, depends on who you talk to. But, you know, the goal that that was allowed for Orlando that from different angles looks like Abby Smith did in fact swat it off the line. And then the goal called back by Mariana Larroquette, maybe just a hair offside. You know, it's just, it's things like that that are unfortunate, but they happen in the game. But when you're a team that's looking for its first win, I feel like that is even more frustrating than if, you know, it's just a a rarity that happens, you know, in in a game, but for it to happen in back-to-back games, I think that's been tough, but you know, I, I think the other thing too is just injuries, you know, players not being um, available for the team, you know, for selection, whether it's international call-ups or injuries when you aren't able to get some consistency going with with preferred players or um, with players who are very dangerous in, you know, scoring situations, that's going to also, you know, limit what you're able to do. But I've been impressed with the depth of the team. I thought, you know, Katie Bowen slotted in and, and played in in the midfield in this last game was charged with really marking uh, Christy Mewis. And I thought she did a fantastic job. Um, and, you know, they've, they've got depth, they've got versatility, and I think they've got the pieces. And it's still pretty early in the season, so it's just going to be a matter of time. But it's going to feel really good, not, you know, not just for the fans, but especially for, for Coach Williams and the team when they're finally able to, you know, start scoring goals more regularly and, and get some wins. Here's my thing before we move on as well. And, you know, we can talk about the Orlando game and the confraction offside for Laro Kess. And yeah, it sucks. You know, you do need a couple of lucky breaks here and there, but at the end of the day, you have 90 minutes to score. Um, when you lose a pair of games 1-0, you can't really complain about, oh, well, this happened or that happened because of a referee's decision. Uh, I mean, Hugh said himself, and um, it's, it's, you know, clear to any sort of sports fan, you know, fans, if they're a little bit pissed off, can make go, oh, the referee did this. Oh, the ref were on your team, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, you have a full 90 minutes to score plenty of other goals. Kansas City did create chances. And it's not like, you know, they lost 3-0 and that would have made it 3-1. It was the fact it was a pair of 1-0 games. If you put away chances in the other 89 minutes of the game, you win. It's the fact that you're not. So, you know... People- I don't- they're using that like as a crutch just as a whole i mean but yeah yeah, no and that's you know it is like you know to say oh like the refs blah 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 like to your point yes like you have to you can't like those things do happen and and it's just a a reality in faces but yeah 
don't allow it to size a game. Exactly. All right, and look, in, in when a team's going through what what NWSL is going through, the, the missed opportunities are magnified, right? And um, especially when you when you don't have goals uh, to your credit, I, I, I've got a feeling though when once they come, they're gonna they're gonna come in in bunches. I, I do. I, I, I maybe maybe I'm wrong about this, but it just seems to me when a you know when a team is is unfortunate and you know, there, there's talent on this team it's going to happen for them at some point. And when, when it does, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if they broke out with a three goal game, you know, just, uh, they'll, they'll just come in bunches. So, um, we, we, we hope it comes sooner rather than later. And, um, we should, I'd be remiss if I failed to say that Allie, you are in the press box for those games as the the color color analyst on the on the radio yeah. broadcast for that all these yep. new jobs. all these new jobs you know they just all kind of happened at one time but you know that's been a really cool experience you know i didn't do a lot of anal like i haven't called a lot of games as an analyst but it's allowed me to you know i know the team really well i know the league and you know it's it's been a, a new thing and calling, you know, via radio and, and all of that stuff is, is definitely different because you don't have the visuals. So you, you know, there's a, an added challenge there and making sure that you are um, at, at the most possible detail explaining what's going on in the game. So um, it's been really fun though. And, you know, I, I love talking about this team. So getting to sit up there and, and do that uh, and live react to the things happening uh, for a full 90 plus minutes is, is really fun. So I've really enjoyed it. Okay, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we've got some international soccer to discuss. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. We're back with Allie Trost and Sean Goodwin. We've covered Sporting Kansas City and KCNWSL. Guys, on Sunday night, uh, quite an entertaining soccer mm-hmm. game between the um, United States and Mexico. The Tournament of Nations League final to be honest with you, I didn't know there was a tournament of Nations League until this year, um, but they provided me some with some entertainment on Sunday. Just the, the listen, we, we can we can talk about the the, the fan behavior and that, but I'd, I'd rather talk about I'd rather talk about the action and um, and we'll save fan behavior for another show. But what a what a tremendous outcome! for the United States to outlast Mexico three to two in extra time. Allie, I'll start with you. Um, what, uh, what, what does this mean? Uh, it, let's say in the short term and the long term. And in the short ter- term, I mean, we got the Gold Cup coming up and Kansas City is going to be a part of that in July. I don't think we'll see many of the, many of the players who uh, suited up for, for the U.S. playing for the Gold Cup, but 
but but they needed an outcome like this just to maybe just feel good about soccer in this country. And maybe even more so, Greg Berhalter needed that result. Yeah. You know? right. So right. I think um, I think it was a great win. Uh, all in all for for the young players. I mean, this team is mostly comprised of, of young players. I think the the average age is, correct me if I'm wrong, it's like 24, 20. It's like in the, it's, it's young. Okay. Like the, this is not the, uh, the World Cup qualifying team that lost to Trinidad and Tobago in 2008. The squad that has a lot of young, incredibly promising talent. And I think what that game did was it showed that Hey, yeah, we've seen what these guys have been doing, you know, with their respective teams in Europe. But now we got to see them put that all together, together as a team, repping the U.S. of A. And so I think that it was just a fantastic, you know, just kind of motivating win for the team, for the fan base, for everyone. Yeah, it sure doesn't mean as much in the grand scheme of things. But, you know, I think that the buy-in that you saw from from the players to just stay so locked in and play with so much grit for 120 plus minutes and you know Greg Berhalter is so animated running up and down the sideline getting balls to you know keep the game going you know it was just like that passion that I feel like a lot of uh, U.S. soccer fans have felt was missing and was missing you know for way too many years now and so uh, no you will not see many if of those players when it comes to the gold cup that's gonna be mostly MLS players hopefully John for the Sporting KC fans gets the call up there. This was a mostly European squad or players you know, playing in Europe. Um, but no, I was, it, it wasn't the best performance for, you know, I think the team as a whole, you start you know, in the opening minutes with that just poor giveaway by Mark McKenzie and they go down one, nothing, but to come from behind um, and just fight the way that they did Christian Pulisic's PK, just stepping up with so much confidence, Ethan Horvath coming into the game that as Weston McKinney said, was going a hundred miles an hour at that point, making a critical penalty save and just really helping the team as the backup keeper. I mean, it was just, there were so many heroes in that match and it was just huge, I think for American soccer, but there's still a lot of work to be done. There's still a lot to prove, but this was a really, really good step in the right direction. All right, weigh in, American citizen for a year. American citizen for a year. No, it's, uh, I'm still definitely an England fan um, through and through, but I was also powering like Sunday nights. Uh, I, I got a lift there and back. I was safe driving, uh, just just making that sure. Well done. Uh, <laughs> but no, yes, really fun. You know, Ali kind of touched on it in that it wasn't so much the win itself, but it was the... Uh, even the manner, it was partly the manner and partly the players involved. You know, I feel like even even me being here for the past, you know, I guess decade now, it was watching US teams roll out Josie Altador and Michael Bradley. I'm, I'm falling asleep thinking about it. Just, here we go again, and again, and again. So, it was nice uh, to see this this influx of youth and, you know, not, obviously, as Ali was saying, you're all from Europe and it's nothing, it's not knocking MLS in any way. Um, and, you know, I mean, I was chatting to Peter about this on Tuesday about how, you know, MLS is kind of taking on this role now. It's not so much the players themselves come from here, but it's either developing those players and, you know, pushing them out to Europe to where you see the Christian Pulisic isn't the best example of Weston McKenney. Uh, Brenzing Aronson, uh, you know, John Lucabuzio one day. Uh, just just stuff like that. Uh, so just seeing this influx of new players come in with such passion and prize to 
to play for the country. And then I think in the past, you know, we talked about that Mark McKenzie giveaway in the second minute. Teams of US past with our Michael Brasleys and Altidores and Chris Wondolowski, great players, don't get me wrong, but it just it never seemed to click and be able to fight at that level. If that happens to those teams, I have a feel like they, they would have just crumbled, honestly. Uh, and the US did get a little bit lucky with that disallowed Mexico goal by a bar. That uh, made it 2-0. But even then, they fight back 1-1. You can see the late goal to make it 2-1 to Mexico and they fight back and get a goal almost what, three, four minutes later. And then obviously, you know, going to extra time and the hostile atmosphere of the Mexico fans, even though it's in Denver. Um, get that penalty, you know, Pulisic stepped up. Very, he has that very much give the ball to me mentality, which is what you want from a Champions League winner, Wonderboy, Christian Pulisic, right? Captain America. Captain America. I know he hates that game, so in case he listens to us, I doesn't want to say it. You know, just cover on my bases. <laughs> um, that was me. <laughs> yeah, I know. I read that in a GQ interview we did a little while ago. He hates the Captain America tagline. Um, that was a, his his penalty kick, though. That was a big yeah. time kick. That's right? what I'm saying. Yeah, that that to put it in the in the top corner, like the top shelf, like that. That that's confidence, and yeah. you just don't see that from many Americans. No, you don't say. I mean, Ochoa is a great goalkeeper. He saves those. I'm sorry, Ali, before you chuck him in. Um, I think the whole goal was America had to win because over a good course of penalty shootouts, I don't think the US wings, Ochoa's that good as a goalkeeper. So they're going to to go to a penalty, pure to step up and put in the top corner like that. And yeah, it's uh, big balls. Well, and it was just looking at both PKs, like, the, if you just showed people watching that and you like made the kits neutral, you would think that the PK Pulisic took was like a Mexican national team uh, kind of quality shot versus what the Mexican national team, you know, the, the save by Horvath. It was a great save. Don't get me wrong, but it wasn't that all that great of a PK. So yeah. Tim Melia would have saved it. Oh, easy. Oh, no oh, doubt. We, it could have went to penalties and I wasn't being like, ah, Melia is best in the show. We're fine. But, I wasn't as confident with Horvath and goal. Uh, I should have been. Should have been. Yeah, yeah. And like you said, I think, Ali, you said it. uh, We're probably going to see MLS players in the Gold Cup mostly. Um, And, Sean, I think, and you said it too, what are the prospects of Gianluca Busio being one of those players? Yeah, no, I would be wholly, wholly surprised if he's not including his Gold Cup squads with it being mostly... Um, MLS players but you know Greg Bearholzer he'll call him up and then Jackson Ewell starts at the six and then Buzio will sit on the bench and we all get pissed off uh, but we'll see we'll see we'll give you a story to write yeah exactly for better or for worse alright I always learn a lot talking to you guys I really appreciate it and we'll do it again soon always happy so That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of Derek Donovan, Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. Thanks to Allie Trost and to Sean Goodwin for stopping by and talking soccer. Links to Sean's stories can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, we have another deal for you. You can subscribe to Sports Pass for $0.99 cents a month. 
That's right, 99 pennies a month. Sports Pass is the online version of the Star Sports section. You get all the stories that appear in the print editions of the Star, plus additional stories that appear only on the website, and certainly they all appear first on KansasCity.com. After three months, it auto-renews at $5.99 a month unless you cancel. And it's a great time to subscribe. Read about what's going on with the Chiefs, the Royals, the Colleges, Sporting KC, KCNWSL, and more. How do you get it? You go to KansasCity.com slash SportsPass2020. That is KansasCity.com slash SportsPass2020. You want more than just sports coverage? Check out the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news, features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional national news, sports, and business coverage with the E-Edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. And if you're having trouble hunting down any of those offers, send me an email, bkirkoff at kcstar.com. I'll get you to the right place. So whether it's the Sports Pass or the full subscription, you're getting in supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports Beat KC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Friday with another episode.